It is Friday night. It's seven o'clock. It's time for the sports mom. All right, it's Friday night. It's seven o'clock. It's time for the sports phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Portland as normal. And in what I would say in the young family, I would consider this an impromptu trip up to Oregon in the grand scheme of things. Jim is right next to me at the sports phone bar uh, in my house. Jim, it's good to have, it's, it's always good to do the show when we're in person together. Just a different vibe. It's, it's, uh... It's what the sport roots of the sports phone is all about. It's so great to be in Portland. Uh, the sports phone bar has taken a uh, improvement. Um, I don't know if people have seen pictures of the sports phone bar. I sent some to the station. There is now a Papa Shot arcade style basketball hoop in Jerry's living room, right next to what I call the sports phone bar. Welcome, everybody. It's Friday night. Time for the sports phone. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, if you are new to the sports phone, uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what's going to be going on for you today here on the show. Um, This is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, There's nothing too crazy uh, in regards to that. Very simply put, this is, as I said, an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are big sports fans. We've coached, we've played, we've been fans at all different levels and we love to talk about sports. And so we like to spend a little while each week, just an hour a week talking about sports and giving you the community, the opportunity to get in on the conversation. We don't care what level it's at. Uh, it can be at the professional level, the high school level, the collegiate level. Uh, it could be the rec league level, whatever you want to talk about, as long as it is sports related or sports adjacent, we want you to give us a call and talk about it. Uh, the number to do that is 707-895-2448. So we're looking forward to fielding your calls. No guests this week. So if you want to give us a call and start talking about sports, you can do that at 707-895-2448. Uh, Jim, I had one of the little nugget to get before we really get started. And I think this is a little bit of a milestone for for me. Um, In all of my years coaching basketball, um, you haven't coached that long. You're only, jeez. I I haven't coached that long, but I've been around the game coaching in different ways, right? As an assistant, I've helped you out during the summer league and all those types of things. Um, I can say... For the first time, and this is this is an interesting little nugget, like I said, um, I am for the first time in my life an officially cr- uh, certified high school basketball coach. I completed all of my paperwork and I went through all of the the hoopla. I guess I'm going to use that word. I think it's an accurate representation of it. And I am now an officially certified high school basketball coach. So and little, good, little- good gosh, before I let you get into this. There is a lot of paperwork involved in that process. There is fingerprints. There is police background checks. There are tests. There's lots of tests. There's there is what do you call it? Um, it's not the background checks that are that's the complicated aid. part. It's the trainings that you have to go oh, through. Yeah. It's like you, training. What, what do you call, CPR training? Yeah. So, so you have to go through a fundamentals of coaching course that's about three hours. Um, concussion steroid use heat Here, illness I, when i started we did none of this yeah it's, it's all been in this in the 17 years since i i coached high school 
basketball. Just a little little history. Jerry stumbled onto a major high school basketball program. Anyone that knows Portland area sports knows the name West Lynn High School, the West Lynn um, High School. And it's one of the top uh, programs in the state of Oregon. And I mean, there's seven coaches on this staff. I can't believe it. We, we, I mean, there's, there's varsity coach, there's assistant coaches, there's JV coaches, assistant coaches, there's freshman teams. There might be a second freshman team. I'm amazed what big money and boosters can do for a high school program. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's a wild situation. I'm really fortunate to get into it. And, you know, a lot of people have kind of made that happen for me, kind of pulled some strings, but yeah, I am officially a certified coach, went through the whole process, got fingerprinted, as you said, and now, uh, we can start talking about sports. So 707-895-2448, give us a ring. If you want to talk on this here on the sports phone, Renee is holding it down in the studio for us. She's going to be getting the calls queued up and ready to go. So if you want to talk about sports, give us a call 707-895-2448. That's the number to call. If you want to talk about sports here on the sports phone, Jim, I know you, I want to talk about last. I was saying you came off last week. high. You were loving it after last week. So yeah, you, you haven't had a chance to do this in a while. So if you want to give a recap, go for it. It's a segment I like to call last week on the sports phone. And if the sports phone was ever the sports phone, it was last week. Somehow we mentioned the sheepdog trials were going on in the fair. We were actually talking to a, a basketball or I mean, a football coach at the fairgrounds last week. And then, um, Jerry, you have something? Uh, no, keep going. Keep going. Um, we were talking about uh, a, a coach that was at the fair and we started talking about sheepdog trials. All of a sudden we got on the topic of sports dogs in sports and before we go any further we have our first call so let's get that on the air hello caller you are on the air hi guys it's uh uh your sports phone doctor calling from sonoma county hi, Patty. dr patty hi uh congrats to jerry um i wanted to i wanted to learn more about like this whole process of like becoming a fish yeah <laughs> like official yeah and for i sure. also would like to hear <laughs> like from jim like how, what was, was there such a process? Like when you were a coach, if so, what, it, what was it like and how has it changed? It's really fascinating. So I'll go first and explain the current process. And I think Jim can kind of explain the difference now. Um, so everything now, Patty, is run through uh, a group called NFHS, which is the, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong here, the National Federation of High Schools, I believe is the, the abbreviation oh, for it. national um, certification. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in order, well, it, it is, but it's also state-based. So when you register an account with the NFHS, um, you then have to, you pick the courses you need to take. Some of them are free. Some of them are paid kind of, there's a core group of courses that are required to become certified. You have to pay for those. And there's additional courses that you can take, um, that are free, um, within those courses, you select what state you want to be certified in. So everything I did was based on Oregon rules. So the courses change a little bit depending on what state you're in, but it's not that significant. Um, Westland high school has their list of required certifications that I have to have in order to become a certified coach. So for for Westland High School, 
the required list of certifications and it's, it's all done online. It's just courses where you watch videos, you take quizzes, do those types of things. It's like traffic school. Yeah. It's very similar to traffic school. No, um, <laughs> not that I would, you would know that, but I, not that I would. Um, but so, so the courses that are required in Westland um, for basketball, because it varies sport to sport are fundamentals of coaching, um, which is kind of like an overview course. It's about three hours. Um, heat illness awareness, uh, concussion protocol. Um, I don't believe it's called steroid use. I believe it's called drug use, but it has a heavy emphasis on performance enhancing drugs. Um, the biggest one in terms of like time is the first aid course, um, which includes basically anything you can think of that's first aid related. And then on top of that, West Lynn has their own district requirements that you have to take, which are about safe schools. So, um, sexual harassment, uh, student harassment, um, abuse, those types bullying. of things. Yeah. Bullying. So that's a district thing. Um, but yeah, so every school can kind of have their own set of rules, but you go through these courses, it's all online. Um, I, I did it in about a week. Um, so yeah, that's the general process. And then Jim, so if it wasn't online, what was the process to get certified for you? By the time all these certifications came to Mendocino, California, it was all online. Okay. I went from not knowing anything about any of this to all of a sudden one year they said, Oh, you can do, we had to do in-person CPR training. That's the only thing we had to do. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden we had to do the, the NF, uh, NFHS, NFHS, um, which was CPR and first aid. Then um, they, they seemed to throw something new in each year. There was a bullying one and you know, the things that Jerry talked about, it's all about safety and uh, sexual harassment. That's mm-hmm. it's huge, and those are the district ones. Yeah, those aren't in the the federal the national rules. But yeah, Patty, it's it's. I went from none of that to all of it. In, in the <laughs> so when did years. that transition start? When did that happen? Last, where they started to require these things? I'd say the last twelve years. That's, I, my, oh, that's okay. a great question. Fairly I, I recent. Take, yeah, I can take a look. Yeah, but, um, um, Noah Gold, the athletic director from. Uh, Mendocino High School told me he may be listening tonight. He may call in. That'd be a good question for him. What is California requiring and when did it really start? I just remember when it affected me and it seems like it was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, no, it's that that's really I mean, because I don't think this was going on like in the 90s, like when I was in high school. I mean, I don't know. It could have been, but I just find this really interesting. And then is there like Gary, is there like kind of like a maintenance of certification type? Like, are there, do you have to take a certain amount of classes like each year or every couple of years to like maintain yeah. the so, certification? So I, I could pull it up and give you the exact numbers, but each course um, has a, uh, a life cycle, I guess, if that would be the word. So for example, the fundamentals of coaching is lifetime. So that's a lifetime certification. Um, concussion protocol is a yearly certification. Um, okay. So it, it each, it, it depends. And that is, I believe, and I'm not 100% sure on this, that is a school policy. I, I don't remember if that is NFA, NFHS or if that's school by school. Um, but yeah, there's certain courses that you have to retake in certain periods of time. And then the other thing that I think is really interesting about it, um, and it, this makes total sense, is the amount of certification to become a football coach is is a lot more than to become a basketball coach. There's a lot mm. more you have to go through. Um, not just in there's certain courses that you have to take more frequently. So for example, um, the heat illness awareness for a basketball coach is four years. Um, it is, is a yearly requirement for a football coach, um, to, mm. to be recertified in that. So 
mm-hmm. depending on the sport that you're in, that can also change a little bit about what the, the timings are and, and uh, how often you have to retake things. 707-895-2448. Hold on a second, Patty. We're talking to sure. Dr. Patty Chico. She's a sports phone doctor, and she's questioning. Um, oh, she's uh, questioning. She's inquiring. No, she's inquiring. <laughs> I know. I love she's that he said questioning. Asking, <laughs> asking us questions. I call that questioning, but it's inquiring <laughs> about the certification to be a coach. And if I'm not hearing you right, Patty, I'm going to say this. You had no idea. I didn't. And I I think it's really, I think it's really fascinating. I don't, again, I don't know, um, like, uh, like in general, like across the country when this started and then like, so that's just like a general history question, but then also like, are all high schools required like, because like to participate in this? Like across the country, or is this is this optional? In California, in, no. In California, you can. I I could not step foot on that court until every check was checked off at the district office. No, this mm. this was nothing. This was not any kind of uh, volunteering at all. No, I know, but I'm saying like that's this state, and we know what's going on in Oregon. But then, like, what's ha- across the country? Is this like? a requirement everywhere like are these kind of core courses are they required and how is that like enforced i know it is in california and oregon i don't know mm-hmm. beyond that tell you the truth so yeah what i can say about that is i and, and i can't say specifically like if it is or not but i do know like for example that fundamentals of coaching certification course um mm-hmm. that one has on it every state in terms of you can choose it from every state in the drop down menu. Mm-hmm. Like I looked in all 50 mm-hmm. states were there. Um, so yeah, I would imagine that this has become a, the NFHS has, has become as high school sports, I think have gotten more publicized. The NFHS has, I think become a, a bigger entity. So it, it would not surprise me if, if every state requires certification. Now, I, I, so I think that there's a core group that I would imagine all states requ- require in terms of like the fundamentals of coaching and the first aid one, I think are, are the two core courses. And maybe there's a few others like concussion might be as well. But I, I would guess that the core courses are in place across all states. And then it varies state to state, maybe what other things are required. Um, mm-hmm. But this, you know, it's just an educated guess on on my part. Okay, my last question. I don't want to take up all your time on this, but um, so like, just this is an opinion question. Do you guys mm-hmm. think that these this requirement has made sport high school sports safer? The question of the week. So That's a so very far. very good question. Um, I know, Patty, that I wouldn't. So the answer is absolutely yes. It doesn't take much for it to become safer safe safest i don't know but safer yes i know for a fact if someone hit their head of course i knew this stuff before i was a coach but that's not fair um because I'm, I'm in the health profession so i knew this stuff beforehand but i know for a fact if someone went down and i needed to do cpr i wouldn't panic i would start doing it with what i learned in that course and the same with concussion um had I not known of it before and I took a concussion course, I would think a concussion's different because I took that course. And even if it's one injury, one person, mm-hmm. one less abuse in, in, in the, the uh, danger of overheating in sports, the danger, as you spoke about once as the doctor, 
the recovery time. If if you save one person from not overdoing it and, and enjoying sports more, yeah, then then it's then it's worth it. So yeah, I think safer and, and better because of it in, in some small way. Cool. I, I All think, right. Well, thanks yeah, for I, and, uh, indulging, guys. Yeah, thanks, absolutely. Baby. Thanks, Patty. It's always a pleasure. All right. See you later. Bye. Yeah. 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you want to talk about sports. Jim, the only other thing I wanted to add to that yeah. to kind of finish Patty's question about has it made things safer, I think it also depends a little bit on the size of the school that you're getting certified at. And and the reason I say that is um, to use West Lynn versus, which is where I'm going to be coaching versus Mendocino, for example, West Lynn has a full athletic training staff with multiple athletic trainers that are much more trained than just a six hour certification course for what to do in terms of like a, an emergency, like CPR or something like that. So I think that in a school like where I'm going to be, there's a, a staff that is much more prepared to deal with that beyond an online certification course. Whereas Mendo, for example, you, you don't have that luxury where Mendo doesn't have a, a you know, a, 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 you know, emergency room right next door kind of to wait on wait, waiting. You don't have, you, you don't have a, you don't have an athletic training staff like in the same an, way. So I even have an assistant. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think it varies a little bit state to state as well. Um, how much value and, and if it's made things safer, uh, I think, but I think overall you're right. It absolutely has. 707-895-2448-2448. Back to last week in the sports phone. I'm dying to get you, this. You just want to talk about dogs more, don't you? You got another call? No, no, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were talking about dogs last week. We started with, with sheepdog trials. Mm-hmm. Next thing I knew, we talked about the Iditarod. We Iditarod. Iditarod. We talked about long jumping where where dogs ran to the end of a platform and jumped as far as they could into a swimming pool. We talked about show dogs. We talked about um, all these different. And then all of a sudden, we had dog trainers on the show. Yeah, it was great. It, 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 was, it was fascinating. I compared it to the time we had fishing on, on, the, on the show. I learned so much about sports i get one interesting thing that didn't come up last week what about the more brutal dog sports like dog racing i don't know if brutals well i guess brutal is the right word you you the question you asked me was what about the the illegal ones that was the question there's there's sports dog fighting and you, you could say it's illegal and cruel but we're doing that with humans yeah so so there were two sports that that we thought of to kind of add to this list. If you want to expand out and the two were dog racing and dog fighting. Um, I did a little bit of research. Uh, dog racing is illegal in a 40 States. There are 10 States that still greyhound dog racing is legal in. Do you know why it's illegal? I mean, the ra- I understand I could, why fighting is illegal. I mean, I could pull the list up and name the States that it's legal in, and you could, you know, venture, make your own assertions about why it's allowed, but it, it's betting sport. Yeah, it's it's a betting sport, and it's primarily in the South that it's still legal. Dog um, racing. Yeah, um, and then the other one is, is dog fighting, and that one's just outright illegal. I think probably the biggest dog dog fighting thing you've ever seen um, on the air uh, is, of course, the Michael Vick situation when that happened um, in in well, it was the er, mid like early two thousands. Do you remember that was? I know you're not a football guy, but Michael Vick and dog fighting that was early two thousands, wasn't uh, it? I remember it going by seven oh seven. Eight nine five two four four eight. That's it for last week on the sports phone. I'd love to hear uh, some of those dog trainers again someday to tell us about some of these other sports. Yeah. The other, the most interesting small tidbit from sports 
dog sports last week was one of the trainers made a very interesting statement, which was the opposite than I would have thought. She said that train dogs, as in the show dogs and the um, dog sports, they wouldn't make good pets. I'm thinking, oh, these are the nicest. We'd be the, the greatest <laughs> pets in the world. They said, nah, you don't want one of those for, for a pet. They're, uh, they're hyper. I think that's what she said. The high strung. High they're strung. spoiled. You got you to gotta treat them right. <laughs> just like just like an athlete, just like a spoiled athlete. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was really fun. I think it, it it went in a really interesting direction going from, you know, I think that all started because we were talking about the fair and, you know, events going on at the fair. And then that kind of all spun into uh, talking about the different types of dog uh, sporting events. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring. We got about 40 minutes left on the sports phone here. So plenty of time to give us a ring. If you've got anything you want to talk about on the show, 707 895 2448. All right, Jim. It is Friday, September 24th. Uh, are you cheating and pulling up multiple events for on this day in sports like you normally have recently? I definitely am cheating this week. Want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. I call first I'm calling it Babe Ruth Day. Okay. And he he has I, I can't believe all these all happened on September 24th in different years, but in 1919, Babe Ruth's um set the, the record of Major League Baseball for 28 home runs in a season when he played for Boston. In 1920, in the same day, he, he got his 50th home run for the Yankees. In 1934, September 24th was his last game for the Yankees. This is Babe Ruth. So that's my three Babe I count that as one. That's Babe Ruth. And uh, the interesting one in 2017, I had to bring this one up. Um, this is cr- almost crossing the line of sports and politics, but it was on, on our website, This Day in Sports. LeBron James tweeted to Donald Trump, complain, um, called him, said, you are a bum. And he was talking about Trump's um, comments about Steph Curry and what he said about, um, I, I'm not sure what, what Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry was wait, talking about, yeah. but uh Trump didn't like what Steph Curry talked about. What a bizarre era in sports that was. Like, just in terms Wasn't of that. Wasn't it all that, within the same week? It was, well, it, it was all within a year or two. Like, because well, it, it was all, it was the, it was the Kaepernick stuff oh, yeah. with kneeling. And then there was the Fox News stuff with telling LeBron to shut up and dribble. Like, this all happened within like a year or two span. It, it was like, it was the, the, the biggest crossover i think between politics and sports that has happened in a while in terms of it getting like national attention like lebron has had his charities and stuff like that all pro athletes have had that going on for a long time but this was this was the first time i remember it like getting very personal very personal and very like upfront in terms of uh like media coverage of I it. that was Steph really Curry interesting and the warriors they re- refused to go to the white they house. refused to go to the white house after yeah. they won the championship yeah. uh, trump said something about um, I mean, he, he didn't something. want them anyways or yeah. something like that. And LeBron just called him a bum. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have. Uh, oh, and I lost my place. I thought I had 1927, but that's not true. I think I have 1950 something. There it is. Yeah. Okay. So now I had 1957, not 1927. So uh, on September 24th, 1957, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers played their last game at Ebbets Field. Um, and I'm going to get into that more in just a second because we have another call. All right, let's get him on the air. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Vince, it's always good to hear from you. Great. You, you know, you got to love in the middle of all that other stuff. I believe Donald Trump served the Clemson Tigers uh, Burger King. He did. For their, You're right. Uh, White House visit meal, which, you know, yeah. you got to yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. You got to love 
Uh, <laughs> um, I want to throw in my just saying sports. Yeah. If I may, I have two today. Uh, my my first one is that uh, one of my favorite people um, became a certified coach today, and uh, congratulations on that. I hope that you have a successful team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's a little still, it's still a little in flux. What I'm actually going to be doing, it's changed a few times. As of this moment, I am coaching the freshman team, but that has changed several times in the last like two or three weeks. So we'll see, we'll see what I end up doing once the season actually starts. But thank you, Vince. I really do. Appreciate and Vince, it. I'll I'll add this to that. I'm um, I is my son. I know that, but I also know basketball. And I had two interesting comments about Jerry as 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 a coach. One by me. And what I said is when Jerry's four years of high school basketball, those are the years I didn't coach at all because Jerry was better coach than me and hit it from the floor. <laughs> and the other was Warren Galetti from Point Arena. I was coaching against him one day, and he looked over to me, and he came over and said, Jerry's doing all the coaching. You don't, you don't even have to coach when he's here. And I said, I know. <laughs> My favorite four years. And then you came and took over for me. I had it made as a coach. You didn't do anything um, in 18 years. That's really what I'm yeah. gathering. You, 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 just, you just worked those practices, Jim, and set up the schedules, and we're all good. <laughs> okay, Vince, <laughs> I, I, I'm, what's your second one? I'm, a, I'm usually against cheating and picking two events, but because you, you picked to be, one to be about me, I'm going to allow it. So what was your, what was your second one? Uh, uh, well, Mr. Uh, Vanderbilt, and I can't remember his first name, uh, Cornelius. Cornelius Vanderbilt in 1853 became the first person to sail around the world in a yacht. Hmm. Is that, is that, and that's, that's a sport? Well, yachting is a sport, right? Isn't that yeah. like a, that's a, and a there's like a race every year for, for different yachts and catamarans and stuff. And uh, I believe yachting is considered a sport. And to be the first person to go around the world, that's pretty pretty good i don't know if it was obviously i don't think it was solo but uh still pretty impressive yeah, i don't know if you've ever been yachting or not i have not i i have never had the privilege uh or the resources to go yachting i don't i don't think that's something that's you on know, sail sailing sailboarding yeah. catamaran sailboats everyone sort of agrees that those are sports where you race yachts are more more like a fancy party boat aren't they yeah, I, and that's the that's the thing for me. Reading this, I'm kind of like I'm picturing more of like a schooner, more of like a a sailing, a smaller sailing vessel. In 1853, like to call it a yacht, kind of seems strange to me. But I don't know. Anytime somebody spends a whole amount of time to go around the globe on a boat, I find that to be pretty impressive. And yeah, it is. you know, there hey. is a lot of there is a lot of physical activity that goes into that. Um, I've I've actually got to spend a lot of time on a, a, a sailboat in the Gulf of Mexico, which is not the most difficult ocean to maneuver, but there's, you know, to move those sails is quite, if you don't have automatic levers and stuff like all those hand cranks, that's, that's serious work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey Vince, we got another, I got another call coming in. I'm going to get that one in, but we've got some fun stuff. So as always, you're, you're always welcome to double Please and triple dip. Double dip. You got triple. it guys. Thanks. Thanks Vince. All right. Hello caller. You are on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, Jim. It's Lawrence Golden again. About the dogs. So, um, number one, I grew up in Massachusetts where there was dog racing when I was a kid, and I'm happy to say that it has been made illegal there. It was cruel. The animals were just bred for uh, a cruel, you know, they chased this mechanical rabbit. It was for bedding. It was basically a cruel working-class version of 
thoroughbred horse racing, which I would argue is just as cruel, but gets okay. away with it because it has all this veneer of class and fanciness. Uh, that's point number one. The second one is about, um, we're talking about dog uh, fights. Mm-hmm. which is illegal for good reason, because and the difference between that and human fights is nobody cares. The winner is allowed to kill the other dog. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You're not allowed to kill a person in a wrestling match or a professional, a professional boxing match, and the amount of maiming and damage that takes place is just unconscionable. It's horrible. Yeah. And, and you also so, have, the, Lawrence, I was, I was talking to Jim about this before the show. I think you, the other element you have when you compare dog fighting to boxing or whatever is you have the willing participant element to it. Where right, I would exactly. argue that a dog is not a willing participant. Exactly right. Yep. Okay. Thanks. The, the dog. The dog racing. Uh, is, yeah. is, is. I mean, I guess if you're consistent, you, you say horse racing. You don't agree with either human racing. The hundred yard dash is okay. Dog racing. You Again, think- you're back to this willing participant discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I'll- think it's ultimately where that always is going to go back to. You know, and sports can be very cruel, and people who choose to be in competitive sports can have a cruel and horrible life, you know, driven by their parents or driven by themselves. That's true. But right. That's true. But these horses don't have a choice. Right. And, you know, this the news in the last couple of years about the doping and the cruelty, and it's awful. I think it's a horrible sport. Do you know much about um, dog racing? Do you think there was doping in dog racing the way we found out there is in horse racing? You think? You no, know, I have no idea. It was so long ago. It was in my childhood that it happened. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Thanks, Lawrence. My pleasure. Take care. Like, like I, you know, I don't like sports, but I love your show. I'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll always yeah. take that compliment. I always, I always appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. It's all, always yeah, a pleasure. I, okay. Wow. Vince, I've lo- or not? Sorry, not Vince. Jim, I've totally lost track of where we are here. Uh, <laughs> well, Vince brought an interesting topic, and then Lawrence got got back to us on 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 dog on dog and horse r- racing, the inhumaneness, I guess, in in dog maneness of that. I don't know. You want to bring up a new? Um, well, I was waiting for Vince to bring one up, but we lost him for a while. So I, I had an intended route that I was going here on my on this day in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, with 1957 being the year that the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, or the, the uh. September 24th, Brooklyn Dodgers played their last game at Ebbets Field before heading out to uh, Los Angeles and becoming the LA Dodgers, which was the same year that the uh, the New York Giants went to San Francisco, became the San Francisco Giants. Um, where where I wanted to go from here was well, um, before you go there. Okay, before you go there, just think about. Pro baseball right now. I'm not a big baseball fan. Right. But can you imagine if the Dodgers hadn't gone from Brooklyn or New York City to L.A. and the New York Giants hadn't gone to San Francisco? Mm-hmm. I mean. Do you think the Mets would exist? Do you think there'd be four teams? There's no way the you Mets would exist. Okay. The Yankees were there. Two of them left. And as soon as they left, the Mets came. But I couldn't imagine baseball without the Dodgers in LA and the Giants and my mom talks about the New York Giants and and the Brooklyn Dodgers but it was never a thing for me yeah go ahead what were you gonna say so where where I was going with this was um and and by the way uh, we got about a half hour left on the show give us a call 707-895-2448 if you want to give us a call and talk about anything here on the sports phone um but where I was going with this was so at that time before the Dodgers played their last game at Evans Field there were three teams in New York um, we were able to come up with 
four others, I believe. Um, like in modern day sports, there's the New York Mets and the New York Yankees, the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox, the Angels of, of Anaheim and the L.A. Dodgers, which which you could argue are different, but that counts. Yeah, sure. And then where this was all leading was well, and you you still have the Giants and the Angels. I mean, and the, and the Athletics. I, that I would too. argue that one wouldn't count, but that's that's a that's they're a closer that's together a than than than. Yeah, but they're not in the same city. Well, either is Anaheim and that's why that's why I would say that that one wouldn't count either. But nah, they count. But anyway, this was all leading to there was an article. I think it was a week ago at this point, but it's still an interesting topic where the Los Angeles Clippers uh, officially announced that, or not officially announced, but officially broke ground on their own arena. Um, and so this is for people that don't know the name. Los Angeles Clippers are uh, of the NBA, and they share a city with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and it was really interesting, and I think the reason Jim and I thought this was worth chatting about for a little bit was the context of that press conference when when they broke ground on this new arena. They were talking about how they were excited and, and all these types of things, but the thing that was really interesting about it to both of us was when you heard the, the owner, Steve Ballmer, and then some of the players talking about it was they were talking about how we needed our own arena to build our own identity in Los Angeles. And I don't think they ever officially like, I don't think he ever officially mentions the Lakers, but he, it was clearly like alluded to that he was saying we need to get out from under the, the shadow of the Lakers and, and kind of forge our own path, which is difficult to do in LA. But I guess from that point, before we go into that, Jim, do you think maybe not you, but, could do you think somebody from one of the cities that we talked about, whether it's New York, Chicago, maybe LA, I'll throw the Bay Area in there as well. Do you think they could clearly define the difference in identity between the sports? Like could could a Chicago person without making fun of one or the other clearly I clearly define the difference in identity between the Cubs and the White Sox? Could could you do the Mets and the Yankees? What is the cultural identity that is the difference between the Mets and the Yankees? Downtown working class Yankees versus out of town uh, suburb rich kids Mets, but this has already been done on the sports phone. I, it, I'm not going to do it because I'm, I'm not technologically. But if I pulled up a, I've got an ongoing text stream between the Z Man, who I believe is a. Don't, don't get this wrong. This is a Cubs fan. <laughs> and Dr. Patty, who grew up also, they both grew up in Chicago. Dr. Patty grew up as a White Sox fan. Those two were going back and forth via text last week, literally about the, the different identity. I mean, one of the teams, they said they were all drunks and the other team. Right. I mean, so that was my point, though, is that did, did it ever get beyond just them kind of like throwing shade at each other? Because I think there's a difference between throwing shade at the, at the White Sox if you're a Cubs fan and vice versa between the White Sox and the Cubs versus actually like what is the identity of the two teams? I have like I've, I, I've I, never heard of any city where the two different teams the say that they have their own identity. Let's hear it. Okay, let's yeah, let's get the call. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Jerry, you're taking all the fun out of it well, I, <laughs> by I, saying I, we I, can't be mean to each other. I guess it's is all, that is that the identity? It's all, it's all out of love. 
<laughs> all out of just love and hate all put together. <laughs> so, so Patty, I mean, to like, I mean, it is. I mean, I think, I think that, like, I, I, I think when talking to, like, for example, so, you know, I'm from Chicago, so, you know, I'm a White Sox fan. He's a Cubs fan. Um, and I think, like, I think, I mean, there, there is a big difference. I think some of that comes in, like, negatively and some of it i i mean i've talked to i i have i have cup fans um who are friends <laughs> like somebody i went to medical school with and we were actually both able to agree on how annoying like drunken cup fans are and how like oh, they wow. ruin it yeah. for people who are like pure like more like truly there for baseball and not to just like party so i think that like i don't know i think that you know, there. I think there are differences, and I think some some things are. Um, I don't think it always has to be mean, but I think that's like you know, talk to like you know, like like Jim was just saying. Like, I mean, like the difference between the Yankees and the Mets, or even like other like outside of one city rivalries, like you know, like the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, I think sure. that like that's the way that those rivalries like communicate with each other. Do you think, and, and Patty, while you're here, I'm, I'm happy to get your opinion on this as well. Do you think it's possible, and I'll open, ask this question to either one of you, for the Clippers to create their own identity in Los Angeles? Or Because my, my thought about that was it's impossible to separate Los Angeles from like the celebrities and like the Hollywood vibe, and they're never getting that from the Lakers. So, so no, I, no, I, I don't and they, think, and they won't try. That's the whole point. Right, they, but, they so, but, so, but what identity do you forge in Los Angeles as the Clippers if you if you can't get the Hollywood of, of the Lakers? Is it's, it possible to get anything It's going to be the opposite, and it's, it's hard to say that. I mean, the owner is, what, the ninth richest person in, in the world? Right. Something like that. I think there's still, if you watch him as an owner, he is down on the court in a t-shirt, standing up, cheering, high-fiving fans. So he, they're going for the blue. They're going to go for the blue-collar Los Angeles kind of thing. It's all relative. You can't get more than the Hollywood superstars of the Lakers. Anything that isn't that is going to be more working class. They will go to that route. What do you think? Well, Patty? yeah, and I and I think that that's I think that seems to be like the. I think in all of these scenarios, I think that that's the difference. Like, one team is always seen as more, like, glitzy and, like, one that the celebrities, like, fly into town for. I mean, is it true with the Yankees? Is it true with the... So, the ones that fit that profile would be, like, the Yankees, the Cubs. Um, You know, like, I think you could go to each city and you could probably see that that's the big divide. And not to say that there aren't plenty of working class people who support the Lakers or who support the Cubs or the Yankees. But I think that like, there's just more like glitz and glam, like with those organizations for whatever, that's how they've branded themselves or that's what they've become. And so that just seems like, I don't know, like class just seems to be like the dividing line, whether that's like real or perceived, that seems to be where these things go. Would you guys agree? I, I do. I, I think I do. Um, Patty, we got another call coming in. I want to get them on the air because I think we may have stumbled across a good topic here. So thank you. Thank you for your I Chicago. You, I challenge you. To, in, I in challenge you to trip, yeah. triple it, Patty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tell Z, like, I still think that the Cubs suck. <laughs> okay. We'll, get, we'll, lost, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that, we'll keep that <laughs> consistent. Thanks, Patty. All right. Hello, caller. Are you on the air? Man, she's giving me a run for my money these days. <laughs> we, we we touched we touched i mean she's a purebred cubs i mean literally bred as a cubs fan she's a brother no, no, no. she's a she's a white mother. sox fan 
White Get Sox it right, fan. Jim. You got You can't be fan, throwing Chicago the Chicago fan. thing out without getting it wrong. She was there from birth. Um, uh, she tells me she went to World Series. She sat in what are called the scout seats because her father had seasons passes, the whole thing. And the Z-Man is definitely a Cubs guy. Jerry, what, yeah. what do you got, Vince? Well, I, I just want to touch on the Clippers topic. I, to me, the Clippers will not create an identity in L.A. They need to go to San Diego. I think it would be mm-hmm. a perfect spot for them to fall into. I think mm-hmm. that city would love a basketball team. Um, and I think that they would be able to incorporate the, the kind of loose style of basketball they play and the, the kind of just energy they bring, a la the Padres, a lot of, you know, charisma and, 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 and just uh, the, the vibe of the team, I think, would fit down there. Like if, they, if they're going to separate from the Lakers and get out, which I think the shared stadium thing is a horrible idea for sports teams, um, especially What's when one of them is so dominant compared to the other. Uh, I mean, the identity right now is the Lakers win, the Clippers lose. Right. That's pretty much the identity. So they need to go to Anaheim or San Diego, like the Angels did away from the, the Dodgers. The Angels have a great identity down in, in Southern California. They're just not in L.A., so they don't really compete. There's so many people down there. You can, you can separate by just a few, you know, 20, 30 miles, 40 miles, and still have your own, your whole, your own thing. You know, it's, it's not that big of a change, I don't think. I think it would actually benefit them to create a real identity for themselves. Yeah, it, it's funny, Vince. You just you just mentioned San Diego, and I don't know what made me think of this. And this is obviously never going to happen. Like they've they've already started building the stadium in L.A. They're not going to San Diego, which would, I'm, no, I'm with not. you. Though, I think it'd be a good thing. What I just thought about for some reason would be was Balmer worked for Microsoft. Microsoft is in Washington. I wonder if trying to move mm. to Seattle ever crossed their mind because that is a city that wants an NBA team back so bad. Yeah, I just got that's a, a city that that's a city that never should have lost the basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did they lose the SuperSonics? Yeah. They seem very popular. Oh boy, um, I'd have to look it up. I know that the condition yeah. of the arena was part of it. Vince, do you know anything else off the top of your head? I, I'm pretty sure it, that just it, how it, bad the arena it was. was, pretty, was it was pretty. It. it was pretty much. I think that they they, had, they needed a new arena. They, they couldn't come to an agreement with Seattle and Oklahoma City jumped on it. Is basically right. what happened. Is like you know they, they couldn't come to an agreement fast enough in Seattle to build a new arena, and then Oklahoma City became an opportunity. And I think there was a connection for the owner with Oklahoma City. And you'd have to look this up. I'm just throwing it off the hip here, but uh, I think there was a connection there, and so that became the fit. You know, because who would have thought of Oklahoma City, right? Like, I mean, that shouldn't have been on the radar at all. Uh, for a basketball team, but you just know, clarify, just like son, Memphis, for... they, they they were able to come up with a, a way to build a stadium. Yeah, Jerry said a couple times they're breaking ground. That's when they this they're way beyond that year. They're they're almost in the new stadium. That's why they talked yeah. about this. They're yeah. I believe um, they they've been doing this stadium since they played in the same arena. I think. Well, they've been working on the agreement. They've, the, the stadium probably hasn't started building until two or three years ago, and it's just now becoming complete to where they can actually start 
But I mean, are they moving out this year? Is ne- is next year going to be the new arena or the year after? I, I think it's I don't know where 20, both of you twenty four twenty five. I believe um, they're going to okay. finish this thing. And Jerry's right; they did just break ground. Yeah, I, I don't know where you guys came up gotcha. with it. this. Is almost done. So this is an article as of this, the seventeenth of this month that they officially broke ground. But that being said, you can build one of these arenas pretty quick, right? I think the Raiders got theirs up in two years in, in Vegas. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's not like and it's that's a football. That's a football arena, way bigger than a basketball arena. And again, right. even if it is in Los Angeles, just getting out of the Staples Center will give them their own identity. Like they can be in LA. LA is big enough for two teams. Right. It, I mean, honestly, like the, again, the Angels are right there in Anaheim. They're not that far away. The Kings are in LA, and so is the the Ducks. Basically, like you know, you can have two teams, and I think getting away from that arena will give them their own identity. Which is I read the article. I read the for. article about about changing identity. This new stadium, you know, this is the mic. One of the Microsoft. Oh, big wigs that, it's that be are high tech. High tech. High tech there's going to be no money in concessions. Everything is done. Um, there, there'll be no lines to pay. You, you you order before you get there, and you just pick up your food. There's no line to pay. His goal in this stadium that he, that he says is to keep people watching the game as much as possible. Yeah, that's very similar to the, uh, I, I believe, Sacramento's stadium is like that. Like, they're, 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 their owner is a tech guy, and, and, and it's very much very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 707 895 We talk about dog sports. We're talking, well, now we're talking about a new stadium. Uh, the Clippers well, I, identity. I, I love I you guys. You guys touched on rivalries for a minute there, Jim, and you, you, you yeah. cracked me up when you were like the working-class Yankees. And, and compared to the rich kid, rich kid, kids Mets, and it's like, wait a minute, who spends the money on people all the time? It's the Yankees. Come on, like that's yeah, maybe they're the working class sure. team back in the day, but now they're the overspending, luxury tax paying Yankees. Come on, does that? I mean, you know baseball better than I do. Does that translate to their fan base too? I don't think so. I don't, no, I don't think that's, they, that's they, the they, weird part about it, Jerry, is like it is the fan base right. is working class. And the, that's what always kills me about like teams like the Yankees. I can't imagine their tickets are cheap. How How is that fan base able to actually go to those games? <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, right. I don't, it, it just seems strange to me how that, that balance works. But uh, maybe, maybe yeah. they keep the tickets reasonable. I don't know. I've never been to a Yankees. Yeah, well, I mean, as 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 a Raider fan, that was my concern all along when we were going to Vegas. Was would the local oh. Las Vegas population get priced out of those games? And you know, they're one game into their season, it, it being in Las Vegas, and it clearly wasn't the case the first the first game. So I hope that that continues. But that was my my big big worry about the Raiders going to Vegas was would they lose that kind of worker fan base because of where they're going to be and at least like i said one game right. in that has happened just Jeez, based I, on I saw the game i saw the game from las vegas that was the first game right that was so it was the first game with fans last year was their first year in oh, the stadium man, it, it looked like any raider game to me it looked like they could have been in oakland yeah that's what it looked like to me and i'm, I'm gonna watch again this week. i agree i raider, i agree and, and you always wonder jerry how do the how do those stadiums you know feel and you lost them, Jerry. So there is. Oh no, I'm here. You guys hear me? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We can hear you now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, you wonder how that's going to feel come playoff time. Like, if it's not true Raider fans that can afford the tickets in the playoffs, like, does that energy, like you saw on Week One or Week Two, whenever they had their first game, 
at home, will that actually play out in the playoffs? Like when the home team really matters the most. Like that's the thing about the Yankees is come playoff time, man, that's true Yankee fans. You know, they're, they're, that, that place is rocking. So I always worry about those, those moves to those cities like Las Vegas where, I mean, the locals are banking on the people traveling and coming through the town to give them money, which they use to survive in an expensive place. How do they afford going to the Rangers game and supporting? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's, yeah. it's, you know, we'll see. Hopefully I'm right there for sure. Um, had a quick update and then we can kind of proceed from there. Uh, but a quick update. Um, we had a question, uh, from, uh, Patty early about the, fu- the certification process. And Vince, you've been through that, uh, at the, yep. the whole coaching certification process. Um, I, I, I do have confirmation. Uh, the fundamentals of coaching is mandated by the state. So that one core course, fundamentals of coaching, is is mandated in California. And the the person I was talking to does believe it's mandated, like likely all across across all fifty states. That their independent yeah. version of it because there's and, different. And I will co- I will comment to to Patty, Dr. Patty's uh, uh, statement there. Do we feel like we've made it safer by taking these courses? And I think the courses help, but I feel like just being able to do research on your own to see what you know universities are doing what kind of you know studies are out there you know i was pretty proactive on looking at stuff that other sports you know organizations were doing to make things safer outside of those those classes we take and those online courses we take um and i i absolutely i think over the 10 years i was coaching at mendo high every year we we realized ways to make it you know, better and safer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Not. I'm with you there. Awesome. Okay, well, hey guys, like to... I don't want to get too much time. Hopefully somebody else will chime in here. And uh, if not, I'll Thanks, give you one more. You got it, guys. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Vince. Love, love hearing from you. I'd like to remind everyone real quick that the uh, KZYX and Z quiet drive is going on right now uh, from or up until October 11th. And then on October 10th, or excuse me, up until October 10th. And then on October 11th, the official quiet drive, uh, or excuse me, the official on air drive will begin. And that will run October 11th through October 17th. You can donate uh, by going to kzyx.org or mailing a check to Box 1 in Philo, California, 95466. I'll give a little more pitch for, for the station. We're going to pitch the quiet drive? We're, oh, that's right. Geez, that's the whole point. Is it? Well, I just wanted to give a reminder. but I, I, it, it's, I just want, I, I mean, here we are. I'm, I'm on vacation. Jerry lives here at the, at the Portland Sports Bar. We've got someone working overtime. Renee, she's in the studio right now. She's taking calls for us. She's putting you on. Jim, I'm cutting you off because we have a call. We're not. The call is going to be prioritized over pitching the quiet drive. That's right. We're not (laughs) supposed to pitch in the quiet drive. Hello, caller, you on the air? Hey, it's uh, Dr. Patty again. I'm a I'm a I'm a member, so I feel like I can interrupt the pitch for the for the pledge drive. Um, So so yeah, I just I'm putting this out as because you know. You, because it's if it's fair game to talk about New York sports, it's certainly fair game to talk about Chicago sports. And since we're talking about stadiums, um, I'm sure this is on nobody's radar. <laughs> like, it's not from Chicago, so this is for Z. Um, yeah, there's. I guess that I've been. I've seen some headlines this week that um, that there's been some clashing of the Chicago Bears organization with the Chicago Park District, who owns Soldier Field. Um, about, uh, I think initially, um, 
there, the Bears had put out a proposal to the Park District um, to allow, um, like, fans to place bets, like, in, in Soldier Field um, with all of this, like, new betting that's uh, the NFL is, you know, mm-hmm. allowing or going along with or whatever. And um, and the team offered the Park District, like, 20% of the advertising revenue, and the Park District said, like, absolutely not. And now, I guess, like, there are emails surfacing that the Bears are unhappy with the upkeep of, of Soldier Field, which um, I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast have never been to Soldier Field. It's a it's it's an iconic place. I think it's pretty um, unique compared to a lot of stadiums. Even though, if you like look at a picture of Soldier Field, it looks like a spaceship landed on it because the last time they um, renovated it, it uh, they added some stuff to it. It looks weird, but still, there's still kind of like the concrete columns, and it, it's still very. It's still it still looks pretty. It's still like a pretty iconic place, and the Bears have played there for so long, and so now there's all this talk of the bears like moving out to the suburbs um it which where interestingly they'd be closer to like the bigger airport honestly but anyways i thought i would put that out there um i'm sure nobody has any feelings about it but if we can talk about new york uh, Patty, I, talk I, have, about Chicago sports. I don't have any I, I don't have any thoughts maybe specifically about that situation but in general it is not uncommon for there to be issues between a city and a and the team when it comes to their arena or their stadium i I don't think that chicago is unique in that regard they might be unique in in regards to situate into the situation that they're in but i mean the the a's in in oakland have been going back and forth forever um the the raiders in oakland went at it for a while this you know seattle had issues with the supersonics so it, it's Golden not un- yeah yeah Golden State left Oakland they went to San Francisco so I don't think it's uncommon for cities to have problems with the pro sports teams the one thing I, I was going to mention because I, I about Soldier Field um, is that I believe that's one of the last stadiums that is not sponsored that's publicly owned that, that is owned publicly in oh some yeah way. Um, that's probably yeah. true. Yeah, uh, we got another call coming in, so I want to get that one in in the last couple minutes here. But, Patty, yeah, th- it's a good topic because I think there's definitely more to go into here because there's a lot of crazy yeah. stories between cities and uh, and stadiums. But, yeah, let's, uh, but thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Thanks, Patty. All right. All right. Hello, caller. You're on the air. we got a couple minutes here. What's on your mind? All right. One, one more. Uh, guys. <laughs> Patty, Pat, me here tonight. So, Lambeau Field, Jerry, would be the other one. Uh, the Green Bay yes. Hackers. That's a privately yes. owned. Let me jump in team. here. That's not a- there's a difference, and I want to make sure I get get this right. Um, Soldier Field is publicly owned. So is Lam Lambo Lambert Lambo Lambo Field. Yeah. But the Packers themselves are publicly owned. The Chicago Bears yeah. are not publicly owned. The field is owned publicly, but somebody owns the Chicago Bears. No one owns the Green Bay Packers. That's a whole different so, level. I mean, there's a correct. majority stockholder. Correct. Correct. So, so really, the stadium and, and teams not being happy or the city or whatever, here's one for you guys. The Tampa Bay Rays, one of the best teams in baseball, play in St. Petersburg, and they have the worst fan base. No one shows up to games. It's terrible, worst attendance in the league. They want to play in Tampa, but they can't come to an agreement with Tampa Bay to build a stadium. And they have proposed this idea to Major League Baseball to where they, they the, the one way they could do it is build a stadium in Tampa, 
and in Montreal, Canada, and spend part of the year in Tampa and part of the year in Montreal and split the season between two cities because of this stadium problem that they're having. I, what I are have your thoughts s- on a team sharing, a two cities sharing a team? I have so many questions about that, Vince. And why did you have to bring that up in the last two minutes of the show? Because I have so many, I have so many questions about that. I got something I got to get out here, Jer. All right, go ahead, go ahead. But Vince, we're going to talk about this. It might be next week, but I want to talk about this. Go, go ahead, Jer. Um, this, this for uh, Dr. Patty. I just got one of the more respected coaches in in the North Coast, Tim Anderson. Uh, coached all levels of basketball from Marin to Fort Bragg for who knows how many years. Coaching yep. safety depends on the scruples of the coach, regardless of the training or education totally. or any online course. Totally agree. That that's something. Totally that, uh, agree. Bottom line is, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here, are we yeah, out of time. Totally I think agree. we are, Vince. My, the only thing I was going to say with with the ex with that situation with Tampa and and Montreal, and then then we do have to go here. Was what the heck's the name of the team going to be? Are they going to be part of the year? Are they going to be the Tampa Bay Rays? Then they're going to be the Montreal Rays. The other part, I have so many questions about that's, that. We'll have that's to get a that question. In. I, that's a question I have too, Jerry. Trust me. All right, we'll we'll touch this again soon, oh. you guys. Thanks very much, as always. Thanks, Great show. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to do the sports phone with you in person, Jim. We're going to wrap things up. Yeah, so leapfrogging back and forth. We still have a. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah, we're gonna wrap it up, Jera. So yeah, so to wrap it up, uh, c- kind of talking about what we got coming up next. Uh, we'll be back on the thirty first, so that'll be our last September show. Then we'll go into October. We have some really fun guests. I don't want to get into who they are. I don't want to spoil anything. But we have some really fun guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to Jim. Don't give any hints. Don't say anything else. Um, I just I'm really looking forward to that. Having a couple of guests coming up. Um, Renee, I want to thank you again for holding down the shop uh, in the studio, getting the calls in for us. It's always a pleasure and it's always really appreciated for you doing that. We're going to take care. We're going to wrap it up here um, and we'll send it back to the studio. Jim, it's a pleasure. And we'll talk to everyone next week. That will be on the 31st. 1st. Excuse me. The 1st. Yes. October 1st. And we do have some special guests coming up. Yeah. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.